Are you ready to take your real estate investing business to the next level? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. With your mentors, Wayne and Gabby. Good morning and welcome to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Today is Friday, February 17th, 2023. The weather today will be a high of 0 degrees in Edmonton, 2 degrees in Calgary, minus 3 degrees in Saskatoon, and minus 4 degrees in Toronto. Thank you, Evie. Good morning, everybody. We are broadcasting live as we do every morning, Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Mountain Time on the Podbean app. Uh, that's how you join the live show. You just got to download that app, uh, follow the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. You'll get notified every morning at 6 a.m. that we are live. You just click, come on in. Uh, lots of investors joining us every morning. I can see everybody coming in right now. Um, there's a call-in button. You can ask any questions you want, or you can ask your questions in the chat. We will answer them every morning for free. Free coaching every morning. Take advantage of it. Bring your bring your questions. Um, do you have any leftover questions from yesterday? Mm, not really. Yesterday we talked about uh, tax write offs. Tax write offs. Tax deductions. Which was uh, which is a very fun filled. It was filled. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> and some people said it was fun. Uh, we had a fun-filled uh, episode. Uh, lots and lots of, of very good, valuable information. Gab, you put on a you put on a masterclass on a podcast, and uh, <laughs> I think you deserve a round of applause for that. That that was like as far as podcasts go. I, I don't listen to many podcasts anymore, but I'd say that's probably one of the most valuable podcasts I've listened to in a while. Thank you. So, thank you, that's kindly, Gabby. <laughs> um. Who do we got joining us today? Uh, I was late hopping in. I was the John. 15th person. Oof. I know. All right. Well, I see John here saying good morning. Good morning. I see Listina and Eric. Hola. Uh, Joshua says good morning. Good morning to you too. Good morning. Ken says good morning. Uh, El Ray is here. Uh, Sheila. Don't Hello. she look happy? <laughs> I have Sheila here, so that means I'm caught up. Yeah. <laughs> we have Chaston. He says hello, everyone. Matt. Kyle, hello, hello. Jagger, good morning, everyone. Tyson, we have Ryan and Don and Crispy. Great day, everyone, he says. Good morning, Glenn and Jeff. Tyson, good morning, Leo. Paul just slipped into the room four minutes late. No biggie. <laughs> good morning, Paul. Oh, as did Justin. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, everyone. Um, what do we got going on today? Uh, other than a, taxes, <laughs> yeah. Other than a bit of a sore throat. Uh oh. Yeah. Well, at least it's on a at least it's on a weekend. We don't have anything going yeah, on. Long weekend, no events, lots of rest. Um, that is that is something we I'll forget to mention that uh, we have no show on Monday because it's a long weekend. Yeah. Um, we do take some holidays off. <clears throat> And, uh, yeah, it's our schedule for the rest of, well, time. Uh, we're, we're pretty much busy every weekend with, with some form of an event, whether it be, you know, we're in Edmonton, we're in Calgary or Toronto. Yeah. Birthdays, we're, we're all, dance recitals. Birthdays, <laughs> man. Yeah. Dance recitals, all that stuff. We're pretty, pretty busy. Um, but this is one weekend. I, I try and put one weekend every month that we don't do anything. So. I'm glad that I kind of got a bit of a sore throat on that weekend. Absolutely. Because <clears throat> next weekend we've got, um, well, it's exclusive to REI Masters Mentorship Program, but uh, we've got a workshop next weekend on uh, building systems for your real estate business. So that's, yeah, Gabby's like blinking rapidly. I'm like, yeah, we got to finish that. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry. I got it. Don't worry. Um, so we got that big uh, workshop next weekend. 
And uh, the following weekend, on the 4th, we are in Calgary for the REI Masters Networking events. And then the following weekend, uh, the 11th, we uh, are in Edmonton for the uh, the Edmonton Wales and Investing Masters mm-hmm. uh, networking event. So very busy. And then the following weekend after that, on the 18th, I'm back in Calgary again. For the wholesaling workshop. For Barry McGuire's wholesaling workshop. Uh, and then the 25th, um, we've got um, we've got another REI Masters uh, workshop. workshop. And then April 1st, the following weekend, in I'm Toronto. in Toronto for the uh, AFS workshop. April 8th. Let's... April 8th, we got nothing. I'm taking April 8th off. April 15th, we've got the uh, Edmonton Fix and Flip bus tour. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, April 22nd, possibly Saskatoon. <laughs> uh, April 29th, we got another REI Masters workshop. Am I putting you to sleep yet? Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> wrap it up, buddy. <laughs> so uh, long story short... <clears throat> Glad I got a tickle in my throat this weekend. <laughs> we got lots of stuff coming up. Um, but yeah, I obviously you guys know about the Evanston and Calgary networking events. Uh, we just announced those. You can go ahead and register for those um, on Eventbrite. We haven't uh, put all of those items or all those events up on our Facebook page yet. But the easiest way to find them is just go to Eventbrite and look up REM Masters. And you'll find the events um, and just, just follow REI Masters and then you get notified of all upcoming workshops and events and stuff. Um, otherwise, we'll we'll post them in the Facebook group and you can find the links through that way. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's going to be a good year. Lots of good networking, lots of good education, lots of great opportunities for you guys to, uh, to get what you need. Uh, in the meantime, today, um, le- tell us let what us you know, need. Yeah, let us know what you what need do you today. Need? I, I woke up today and I was thinking to myself, um, since we got no show on Monday, is today going to be a fun day or is it going to be a serious day? I think I that's up to you, Wayne. <laughs> I've just been in a fun, loving mood lately. And I, I realized, I don't know, we've gone like two weeks without a... Without a Wayne, Wayne ranting? Without a rant. <laughs> Uh, without a serious conversation. Good morning, Liam. But I, I, a lot of the investors that, that that listen to the show have been taking a lot of action, though. So I don't know if necessarily it's it's been needed. <clears throat> lots of lots of people buying up properties. Lots of people, you know, taking action. So why, you know, I don't need to ruin it by yelling at people. <laughs> Uh, it, it really depends on what you need. Um, oddly enough, uh, Jared yesterday um, posted an old text message um, in our REM Masters Facebook group there. And uh, I can't remember what it said. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. but I, need a, I he, need a kick in the ass. Yeah, he shot me a text saying, uh, hey, Wayne, I need a kick in the ass. I said, you lazy bitch. <laughs> He's like, thanks. It's exactly what I need. Um Sometimes people just need to be reminded how pathetic they are. It's the truth. It's the truth. We're we're all very pathetic, right? We say we're going to do things. We don't do them, right? So, yeah, like from time to time, we need to be reminded. Sometimes we get a little too comfortable or we think everything's okay, but it's not. No, it's not because when you're comfortable, you're not, when you're in your comfort zone, you're not taking, you know, you're not, you're not pushing the needle. You step outside your comfort zone. If that's what you want today, we can give that to you today. But I don't know. If we can also talk about options, <laughs> lease options. Um, we can talk about, um, I don't know. Philip pick, wants pick. to talk about how to find money partners. Mm. I did a video on that yesterday. Did you? Yeah, it was about 20 seconds. <laughs> just just got to ask. Walk up to your friends and family, say, hi, would you like to invest with me? If they say no, then go to the next person. That's the, that's the, that's the missing 
key component that everyone forgets and everyone overthinks it. They're like, oh, I got to take this course because someone's going to tell me how I'm going to you know, find all the money that I ever wanted. Their five-step formula to get to, to raising a million dollars this weekend, the six pillars of, of, of capital raising, all um, that other nonsense. And, and they, they, they consume, they consume, they consume, but they never actually do anything with it. Um, we've got some really great, um, uh, workshops in the, I, I, I can give you a few pointers, but that ultimately, if, if that's, if that answer doesn't satisfy you, then, then we got a problem because that honestly, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fill this whole episode with, you know, 45 minutes of fucking gimmicks of like six pillars and five step formulas and all that other stuff. It's all filler. It's all gimmicks. The truth is is that you need to establish yourself as someone that can be trusted, someone who knows what they're talking about, and you need to ask. That's it. That's it. That's all you need to do. And the people who understand capital raising will agree with me. Everyone else is just trying to sell you some gimmick, some program. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the right thing, and I'm giving you the honest answers. If you can establish yourself as someone that can be trusted, someone who knows what they're talking about, and you ask people, you will raise capital. That's it. And that's all. If you don't have those, those, if you can't get those three items or can't do those three things, then you're just floating. It doesn't matter how many five-step formulas and how many newsletters and how many, you know, podcasts you've been on, um, how many webinars you've done. If you don't ask people, then, then you'll never get the money. Mm-hmm. Um, Anyone else in the comments have any additional tips? Uh, just uh, people regurgitating your... Um, <laughs> uh, hold on. Garrett said, pretty sure Wayne said, fuck your performa. <laughs> fuck your performa. <laughs> um, Jager says, have you tried crying? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it... trying to piece together like four different speeches but <laughs> and uh and so philip also um uh said so trust knowledge and ask yes yeah you nailed it that's that's way better i like that one better trust knowledge ask ask it really is that simple and like again i'm, I'm not trying to i could sell you on a big fucking two thousand dollar program if you want throw a bunch of slides in there and a bunch of quotes from Abraham Lincoln, but the truth is you just got to build trust, have knowledge, or at least appear to have knowledge and ask. And anyone who's ever raised money has always been shocked by someone saying yes. They're like, oh my God, I can't believe they said yes. Every single time I've raised money, I've butchered it. I've butchered a presentation. Every time I've like really like when I've wanted to raise money and like I've done a presentation or I've like showed up to a meeting, I butchered it every single time and I managed to manage to seal it. And I'm like, I don't know how I did it, but it, be, it came down to the fact that people knew that I knew what I was talking about. Yeah. They trusted me because I have established influence and I ultimately I showed up to the meeting and I asked. And even though I fucked up the ask, I still had those other two components and people said yes. But if you're an untrustworthy person, uh, uh, let me rephrase that. I don't really like that. Let me start off by saying something else. If you know what you're talking about and people know that, if people can see that, you know, you're waking up every morning and you're you're listening into the show and, you know, you're going to these different networking events and you're taking courses and stuff like that and you're kind of sharing it with the world or you're letting people know, then they'll know that you're educated. Now, the trust part is is difficult. Because how do you establish trust? How do you build trust with people? Um, it's not it's not something that it's like, you know, follow step one through three and people will trust you. Some people will trust you and others won't trust you. And that's just a people game. It's emotions and it's very complicated. But you need to find a way to establish yourself, you know, as someone that can be trusted. And that comes down to the way that you present yourself, the way that you speak, Um your appearance as much as I don't like it. It's building trust is complicated. The other two are simple, mm-hmm. right? Get educated and ask building trust is a little complicated and you gotta, you gotta really get to know yourself and you gotta get to know your, your prospects 
of who you want to be asking and what it is that they need from you in order to trust you. And each individual prospect is going to be different. If you can do that, you raise, you can raise all the money you want. I, I see some people, you know, you know, who's really good at raising money. Yeah. Tall, handsome folks. It's the fucking truth. Where's that slide in the joint venture capital raising workshop? Tall, handsome people have no problem raising money. Because tall, handsome people trust tall, handsome people. For the most part. It's the truth. They trust them. <laughs> Maybe it's some sort of a high school intimidation thing. I don't know. I but as, that, as long as someone can like appear that they know what they're talking about with real estate, there's the trust. If that person asks, they almost always raise money. I think that um, I think that what it all really boils down to underneath all of what Wayne just said is confidence. Yes. If you're confident in your knowledge and your expertise and what you're doing and you believe in it, then you are going to come across a different way. Than yep. somebody who's really nervous and doesn't really know what they're talking about and is trying to like pull one over and see if you'll say yes. Um, that's going to, you know, people will see through that. Yeah. So I think it boils down to at the end of the day, confidence. You want to know how I know this because I see some people, they'll walk into a room with an amazing deal. And how many times have you heard this, Gabby? Like if you, if you bring the deal, if you find the deal, you'll, the money will come to you. That is complete bullshit. Because I've seen some deals, I've had deals myself, where like I've proposed a deal and someone's like, eh, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. Timing doesn't feel right. I don't know, something feels off. Maybe get me on the next one. Like, if they don't trust you <laughs> and, they, and they don't think that you know what you're talking about, they're never going to say yes. It doesn't matter how good the deal is. So you're going to need a good deal too. It needs to make sense, right? At the same time, you also like, you want to protect their investment and you want to make the money. And also, you know, you, you want to make money as well. You need a good deal. But I find that if they don't trust you, it's like the information goes in one ear and out the other ear, out the other ear. Yeah. And this is the same thing. Like I, I, I found this, um, this relates to when I was, uh, when I was, uh, building leads for agreements for sale back when I was looking for agreement for sale deals. I can explain the agreement for sale system or strategy to anyone and I can explain exactly why it's the perfect solution for your problem. No one can do better than me. I can, I can out talk someone for hours on all the reasons why it's the best solution for your problem. It's going to, you're going to make the most money and the least amount of risk. And yet someone would say no because I didn't establish trust with them because I just walked into the house, their house. And I can, even though I had all the right answers, they didn't trust me. So it went in one ear out the other ear. And they're like, I don't know. Do you have like a website or like a business card? It's the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. It's the exact same thing. So whether you're looking for, you know, complicated deals where you're trying to get seller financing or you're trying to quote unquote, convince someone to, invest with you there needs to be trust there uh josh says what if it's someone who has never viewed you as the big smart real estate investor like a parent or older family member you're in trouble yeah you need to rewrite rewrite your story wayne talks about this a lot about how you know those people saw you pee your pants in at a family reunion, yeah, at a when, family you were, reunion. when you were nine <laughs> and now you're captain pissy pants to this day to the day <laughs> or your whatever your career is your oh how how's Weldon going how's you know whatever you just you you are whatever you present yourself as and you need to start changing the script and presenting yourself as a real estate investor it doesn't happen overnight you're not going to change from Mr. Pissy Pants to real estate investor overnight that's you a, need a track record you need to show them what you're doing that's a heavy stain you got to remove <laughs> I, that's, that's a good exercise for you guys today for this long weekend, for this family day weekend. Hopefully you got no family reunions. 
um, that's a good exercise to do this weekend is to, is to have a really good look in the mirror and ask yourself, who am I? And not who, who you think you are, because you're like, I am real estate investor. I am capital raiser. I am the guy. You can do this. No, I'm, I'm wondering, I'm asking, who are you to everyone else? Identify yourself from the perspective or the lens of everyone else. And the best way to find out is to go to a family reunion or to go and see a family member that you haven't, or a friend that you haven't seen in maybe six months. And what's the first question they ask you? Hey, man, how's the welding? Hey, man, how's hockey? Hey, man, how's the real estate market? And why are they asking you about the real estate market? Is it because you're a realtor or is it because you're an investor? Or like, hey, man, what's going on with oil? I heard, heard oil's going down. I was sitting like, no, couldn't help but notice the gas is like ridiculously high in Manitoba. Like what are the conversations? What's, what's the first thing they're asking you? It's because they're, they're trying to find something in common with you. And they're going to ask you about yourself or what they think that you are. Their definition of you. It's a good exercise because if that's the definition, that if that's how they define you, if that's how they identify you, then how do you change it? How do you get it so that they always ask you about what's going on with real estate? Hey, man, couldn't help but notice you bought fucking four properties since the last time I, I saw you. And that says to me, okay, they're clearly following me. That's good. Yeah. And even if they don't really understand what it is, like uh, for you, Josh, you know, like uh, you've been doing some wholesaling deals. And even if you, you know, and you've been posting about them, which is great. But even if the family member that you haven't seen in a while says, hey, so like, what's going on? Like, did you get a couple of rental properties? And they're confused about what it is. At least they've noticed. And then you say, no, actually, I'm wholesaling. So I'm locking up the deal and I'm wholesaling it to another investor, yada, yada, yada. It doesn't matter what their understanding is. Most people are going to say, oh, so you're a realtor now? That's like so common. Yeah, it doesn't matter fine. as long as they're noticing and and starting the conversation with you, then you can correct them and tell them what you're really doing. Absolutely. But Wayne, can I tell a little story here? Yeah, I love stories. Um, because hey, uh, can we take a... How oh, yeah. How about a word, word from our sponsors? Yeah. And then I'll get into story time. Some of you might have heard us talking about DCI Properties and how much we like their process and deal flow as one of the premier wholesaling companies in Canada. But one of the things most people don't know about DCI Properties is that they don't cherry pick deals for themselves. Everything they get under contract, they offer out to their buyers list. That's right. No sloppy seconds from no DCI. No sloppy seconds. So if you're an investor looking for their next flip project or cash flowing rental property, get on their buyers list today and check out their inventory. To get on the list for Alberta deals, visit www.dciproperties.ca slash Alberta buyers or for Ontario deals, go to www.dciproperties.ca slash buyers. We back. Okay, so on this topic, um, I had a, a woman in one of my women's real estate investing mastermind groups, and she was so against, um, not against, but not comfortable with social media and um, really didn't like posting, felt very uncomfortable. Like putting herself out putting there? Putting herself out there, just like really was against the grain for her. It wasn't, it wasn't who she was, it just wasn't within her comfort zone. And so she was in my group. I, I don't know. She might be here today. So she'll know that I'm talking about her. Um, but she was in my group for two years. And I'd say for about a good year and a half, she knew that she needed to post on social media, but she just couldn't get started. And she would like post like twice and be like, oh my God. And then just like stop. And like she, mm. she just could not get going, could not get going. And so she finally, after like a year and a half, I don't know the actual time length of this, but it was like a long time. Like she, it took her a long time to get going. She finally decided that she's going to um, stick to it, start posting. Once she started posting a little bit, she decided, you know what, I just don't have the time for this. So I'm actually going to um, hire social ma social media manager to just like start putting some posts together and start getting them posted regularly. So her trips back home used to be... Um, how are the kids? How's work going? Oh, those good old days growing up. Like just like the typical, you know, yeah. the, the absolute typical, like we just talked about. 
And now I just met with her recently and the um, she said that she's actually meeting with a social media manager to shift the focus on what content um, is being put out so that um, because the conversations back home are now so why that market? So why this? Yeah. So there. So now it's about real estate, and it's about the potential of investing, and um, and and so and so the realization of like, okay, they see what we're doing. Now they want to know more about this. So we're going to shift our focus to this. Yeah. And so it's like to to see that kind of come full circle of like literally being terrified to post one single thing to now these are the people who are going to be, um, you know, potential partners and stuff. It's like, it was the magic of just showing people what you're doing. Mm -hmm. That's literally all that it took. And it can be uncomfortable and against the grain and not feel good to you. But when you start doing it and you start, the conversations start to shift, it's like a, a holy shit moment, right? It's like, a, oh my God, this works. And we have so many people say that same thing, come to us at some point along the way and say, oh my God, I finally posted a story or I finally posted, you know, this one post about this thing I'm working on. And so many people messaged me Yeah. and this happened and, you know, so-and-so called me and said, how do I do this with you? How can I do this with you? Like, it's just like so many it people come with that moment of it, like, oh my God, it, it actually works. <laughs> it cre it, it's not going to get you a joint venture partner. It's going to create opportunities. And if you don't do it, if you don't, if you don't put stuff out there, there, there's two options. Let me, let me rewind a little bit. There's two options. You can either call everyone you know and shove it down their throat what you're doing every day. Or you can just show everyone and everyone will see it on some post. You know what I mean? Like it's mass marketing is what it is. It's social media marketing. It's 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 like at scale. You can do a post and you can reach 500 people that you know. Now it's not exactly targeted, but it's it's it's, you know, some people will get it, some people won't get it. But it's a way more productive and effective way of reaching more people than calling all 500 people and be like, today I went and viewed a property and I got my offer accepted. They're like, why the fuck are you calling me? Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to hear you brag. Nobody wants to hear you tell them. They want to find out on their own. So if you put a post out and everybody sees it, then they, have the, they, have, they can choose whether they want to consume your content, your story. I mean, like, like I say, like your story isn't like, you know, what you did today or, or not, but it's entirely up to them. And maybe they're not, they don't want to consume it today, but they might consume it tomorrow or they might consume it a month from now, or they watch some Grant Cardone Instagram reel. that says that you need to buy real estate. And they're like, wait a second. I know someone that watches that does real estate. And then they go and they go to your profile and, or, and you know what I mean? And then tomorrow they see your, you know, your story. And that is the one that clicks. It's, that's marketing, right? How many times do you drive past, you know, a Coca-Cola banner and then eventually you buy a Coca-Cola? It's because like it's, it's, it might, you might not need it today. You might not need it tomorrow. You might not need it six months from now, but seven months from now, oh shit, I do need a carpet cleaner. You know what I mean? And, and, and when you're thinking about a carpet cleaner, what's the first carpet cleaner ad that's in front of you? Because people want the path of least resistance. This yeah, is just basic it's marketing. Easy. It's just basic marketing, right? So when someone's thinking about real estate, who's the first person they think of? Who do they know? They're going to reach out to you. Again, which going back to what I was saying earlier, creates opportunity. Now you've, now you've got a lead. Now, now that you develop that lead, now you need to actually screen it. You need to develop it into, and you know, turn them into a prospect, right? You need to convert them. So they're going to ask you, hey, how do I get into this real estate thing? You better know how to answer that question. In fact, you better know how to answer about 50 different ways that someone is going to approach you. Okay. Because if they say, Hey, I'm interested in real estate and your automatic thing is like, well, I've got a deal. We can partner on it. We can do 50, 50 joint venture. Um, you bring the money and the mortgage and I'll bring the expertise and it'd be great. Well, that's not what they want to hear. If they come up to you and say, hey, um, you know, I want to buy 
I want I want to get involved and I want to buy a 20 unit apartment building. I want an apartment building. But you know that apartment building the the numbers suck. You're like and then you know they come to you and they say I want to buy an apartment building. I'd like to partner with you if you can help me out. And you go, "Yeah, apartment buildings suck, man. Look at the like just look at the numbers. They're garbage." No, no, no. The real money's in rent to own. The real money's in rent to own. Cash flow's way higher. You get, you know, faster rapid cash every 3 years. That's the way to go, buddy. They don't want to hear that. You just basically shot down their idea and you're not the guy anymore. So they're going to go to somebody else, right? So you better have an answer to someone that says, I want to do multifamily, but you don't want to give them multifamily. You better have a one-liner, right? If someone says, hey, you know, would you kind of help me find a property so I can get started? You better have an answer for that. If someone says, hey, man, like I can, I don't have much money, but, you know, I'm, I'm working on saving some money and I think I've got some equity in my house. You better have an answer for that. You know what I mean? For that, you would need to be prepared, right? Because when if you're gonna if you're gonna build this this funnel, and that's what it is, it's a marketing funnel. You're putting all this marketing out, and you're developing leads, or you're you're creating leads. When these leads come to you and they turn into opportunities, you better know how to convert them, right? Just like sales, you got a marketing department that that brings you leads. Sales department is the one that's supposed to convert those leads, right? You are the marketing and the sales and the legal <laughs> and the management, operations management. You are everything in this business. So when you develop these leads from your marketing department, you need to know how to convert them, right? Now, we're getting into a lot more complicated stuff, but I, I just want you to see it as a business. Not, I want you to see it for what it is. If you are in the business of finding joint venture partners and buying rental properties, you know, you, you need to you need to look at it like a business. And for anyone that says, I don't know, I don't really want to like put myself out there. I don't really want to like post anything. I don't really want to go to networking events. You're basically just pouring gas on your marketing department and lighting it on fire. You can't have a business without a marketing department. You can't just assume that people are going to approach you with hundreds of thousands of dollars saying, please, please, please let me invest with you and take half my profits. No, you have to build a marketing department. Now, Cody asked in the comments, how much does it cost? I think you were talking about that person and how they hired a social media manager. How much does something like that cost? Mm. Um, I wasn't sure what he was asking about that. I've, I, I don't, I don't know that theirs, but I mean, I've looked into some, some, some very high end ones and they're in the range of like, 3000 to 4000 bucks a month. And that that'll get you one piece of content and they'll help you, you know, record videos and stuff like that, but um it doesn't I'm going to save you 3 to 4000 dollars a month. I'll tell you flat out. And by the way, this is a whole fucking workshop again. Like the amount of content that we're giving out today, like I hope you guys are writing notes. Like this is we're not holding back. We're not giving you <laughs> You know, there's 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 no paywall here that we're we're stopping at. No, like I mean, this is this is we're giving you everything. Here's the truth: post one piece of content every day. That's it. Just a picture of you in front of a house, saying, "Boy, do I love real estate." One piece of content every day. Try and make it consistent, same time every day. Okay, if you do that, like, what are you trying to do? What's the intent? The intent is to rewrite your story, right? We were talking about it earlier. How are you being identified? How are you being recognized? What's the definition of you? If the de definition of you is plumber and everybody's always coming up to you and be like, hey man, like I couldn't help but notice, but like my toilet's making like this, this burping noise whenever, like whenever, after, ever, after I flush, it always does like a afterwards. Like what's that all about? Like I know like I was Googling it and I was looking at maybe it's venting or something like that. If that's the conversations that people are having with you every single time they meet you, then there's a problem. You need to rewrite your story, right? If you can post one piece of content that is real estate investing related every day, the next time that person sees you, they're going to ask you about real estate because that's all they see, right? They're scrolling past you every day, right? Rewrite the story. It doesn't, you don't need fancy $4,000 a month, you know, uh, videos with nice transitions and stuff. I mean, like it, 
you can set yourself up to build a, like a better brand if you do. But ultimately, if you're just trying to attract your friends and family to build trust with them so that they know you're a knowledgeable investor, an educated investor, that's all you need to do. Just one piece of content every day, real estate investing related. Simple. Start with that. If you can do that and get a couple deals, then start dialing it up and then, you know, start, you know, if you want to hire someone or if you want to start downloading some apps and taking it real seriously, but don't think that you need to, you know, be, have this amazing, you know, fancy social media game and that's going to change it. All that you need to do is just rewrite your story. Remember, it's trust, knowledge and ask. Okay. That's it. For all the people that have those fancy Instagram and TikTok, you know, profiles and stuff like that, they're normally selling something else, right? There was another question here from, I think it was Philip. And I, and I, I want to get this too as well. And, and then I'll stop talking for a bit. Um, Philip asked, other than friends and family, how do you find investors to pitch to? There lies the issue. Um, I'm going to share a website with you. Remember what it is. Uh, the website is www.asc.ca. And this is that, for Alberta. This is for Alberta. He's, he's in uh, yeah, right I know. here. Just yeah. for this all the for other viewers. Yeah. yeah. Um, and if you, that's the Alberta Securities Commission. And for your province, just look up your province securities. BC Securities Commission, yeah. Saskatchewan Securities Commission. You'll find the website. Here's the deal. Um, there are rules about who, and I'm not going to go through it today. Go take a joint venture course. Okay. There are rules about who you can ask or you can who you can invest with, and the simple breakdown of it is friends, family, and accredited investors. Um, I'm not going to go through all the details today of like the accredited, I can never remember the numbers anyways. Um, Friends, family, or wealthy folk. Let's just put it that way. And you can go to the Alberta Securities Commission and look it up yourself. But you know, you are not to be advertising investment opportunities or guaranteed returns to the public. Okay. And between me and all of you, you don't need to venture outside of your friends and family. There is more than enough money within your first circle of friends and family, like your circle of influence. You do not need to go any further than that. You do not need to go find high net worth individuals who are going to buy big 100 unit buildings with you. No, it's, it's most of you, most of you aren't cut out for it anyways. If you want to be honest, most of you aren't cut out for it. But for the small percentage of you that are, there's enough money within your friends and family, the people that you've already have established trust with, you just need to establish, like they just need to understand that you know what you're talking about with real estate investments. If you can just work on that, post a piece of content every day, become known as the person that they know that is in real estate investing, there's more than enough money in your friends and family circle. If you want to go outside and start going to accredited investors, I mean, it just makes things so much more complicated. And I feel like you're overcomplicating it in the first stages anyways. Start with your friends and family. Get a few deals done. Again, if you want to scale it up and you want to be a big player, then go and start looking at accredited investors. Then go look at building a fund. Then, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'd rather see you get started by just asking your buddy from high school or the guy you play hockey with. You know what I mean? I had to answer that question, sorry. Absolutely. And so many people also, um, such a common thing that we hear as well is like, oh, well, I don't come from, you know, a bunch of money. Like my family doesn't have money. They don't have equity. They don't have savings. Um, But you're thinking small, like expand that. Like, who do you work with every day? Who do you play hockey with? Who do you go have drinks with on Friday night? Like think beyond, I don't come from money. That's a limiting belief. I don't come from money. I don't come from money. So yeah. you need to you you need to see beyond that, and you're just you're limiting yourself and and like, yeah. I, I guess I've I've made my point. I don't yeah. need to expand on that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, are you reading Jeff's comment? 
it's it's yeah from a while ago but you you're is that what you're laughing at too yeah yeah okay <laughs> I, I don't want to read it out loud because i don't want to publicly bash anybody but mm. if you're uh, not here live i'm sorry <laughs> perks um uh what was i gonna say uh oh i wanted to uh thank everyone uh in the comments there uh, I couldn't help but notice there was a lot of um, Billy Madison quotes going on in the comments this morning. Did after I miss I something? After I talked about pissing your pants. Oh. Um, <laughs> there was a whole lot of Billy Madison quotes in there. Which I didn't save them. They're pretty far back. But Yeah, see, like, I am so bad at remembering things from, like, movies and, like, even, like, Wayne quotes movies and songs and TV episodes and, like all these things. And every time he says something, I just look at him and go, yeah, I don't know the reference. And every single time he pulls up YouTube and needs to show me, I'm like, you don't need to show me. It's I don't care about all, your reference. It's always funnier when you <laughs> need a to joke is always funnier when you explain it. <laughs> yeah. So um, the comments even went over my head. I think I saw somebody say Billy Madison and I just carried on reading the next comments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Um, have we, uh, beat the dead horse on the topic or? Yeah. Yeah. I feel pretty good. I'm just kind of catching up on the comments. So, was, um, uh, I like Jeff's most re recent comment as well. Um, oh, actually how far back is that? Yeah. Oh, that's the one I was talking about. I don't know what you were talking about. Oh, there's one about cross-dressing. I don't know about that. I know. I have no idea what's going on in the comments here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, uh, Garrett's talking about Scrooge McDuck. I, yeah, I am completely lost on what's going on in here, guys, but I'm glad you guys are having fun. Um, <laughs> so, so we do have a, a, a few other questions, but they're all total changes of topic. Mm -hmm, I so see that. I wanted to make sure that we were done with this first. Um, well, Jeff seconded Liam's question. Liam's question. So, uh, that seems you have to be the other the most... one saved? Yeah, I got the okay. other one saved. Uh, unfortunately, they might not get answered till Tuesday, Tuesday, but hey, it's a great reason to come back. <laughs> um, one was about virtual assistant. One was about tips for putting in the best offer on a property. Um, one was about like bank repos. Did you get that too? No. Uh, look back for Paul. Yeah. He I was, bet. I think, the first question that came through after Philip. Son of a... Hey, yeah. who asked it? Paul. Uh, Paul. Paul, if you can rewrite that I question. I think that Paul is gone. He said bye at some Son point. Son of a... <laughs> I didn't get it. There's been a lot of conversation today. And I have. Uh, I don't really know if I can... Uh, you guys just hang on, okay? Paul. Here, I got it. I can't copy it. Uh, let's see if I can find it. Oh, I, oh, I, can, I can do like a control find type thing. Bam. Wow. Oh, I found it. Boom. That's dope. <laughs> okay. Do you want me to read Liam's question while you do that? Yeah, sure. Okay. So Liam asked, can we talk about making the transition into making your business more hands-off as you grow and scale? What type of business? <laughs> well, we know what Liam's up to. Yeah, but I, it's a, it's a very general question. Um, I just wonder if I can give a general answer to all different real estate businesses. I, everyone should know by now that real estate investing is not like, it's not a, there's not a, a cookie cutter approach to it. Like most people think I'm going to buy rental properties, but then they start implementing all these different advanced strategies and stuff. And they start building a business of their own. And you know, your business might be, you know, finding houses, renovating them, increasing the value, refinancing them, and keeping them as rentals, and pulling all your money out. The Burr strategy, your business might be um, finding 10 empires and offering them a lease option um, and then renting it to them with an option payment every month and uh, selling the property to them in three years for uh, a marked up price. Your business might be finding houses, renovating them, and selling them for profit. Your business might be... Uh, so Liam wants to specifically talk about um, a hot dog stand business. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> okay. It's all about it's all about developing leads, right? You want to get as many people there as possible. So I recommend um, tight shirts, short jean shorts. We all know we've been show looking- those tats off. Show those tats. Um, Liam's been teasing us with those chest workouts on Instagram <laughs> for months now, and we're waiting for that big reveal for that chest. It's gonna like I swear to God that he's I think it's gonna be a summer reveal. It's gonna be a summer like you ever see like those those Miami beach guys that just like walk around like they got watermelons like yeah. in their arms underneath their arms and just like monster chest. That's gonna be Liam. <laughs> ever see that scene where Will Ferrell comes out of prison? It was in Zoolander two, where he's just like completely jacked. You know? Do you want me to pull it up on YouTube? No, I don't. You know? I don't think I watched Zoolander two. To be honest, I don't know I if think anyone watched the first Zoolander one two. Was enough. But Will Ferrell comes out of prison and he's just like completely jacked, huge chest. That's that's what kind of what I'm expecting. The big reveal for Liam. Uh, and if you want to sell hot dogs, that's how you do it. Yeah. Uh, Nat says he definitely needs the muscles to push the hot dog stand around. 100%. And Courtney says that she thinks the best place for him to park is outside a bar. Everybody loves a hot dog after the bar. <laughs> okay, that's double-edged. Oh, man. Um, Sorry about that. Sean says wacky waving wiener tube man on the side <laughs> of the road. You need a timeout. Why'd you have to do that? Um, Cody says there's not enough street meat here in Edmonton. And that's, that's the, that's, that's a fact. You want to know why it's because of the weather. Um, it's just that there's nobody wants to wait outside Canadian tire for a hot dog. It's true. In this weather. Yeah. The cold to the wind. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to. What if you did like a. Kind of like a, like a roller skate kind of hop thing where you go to people's cars, so they can stay in their cars and stay warm. And you can just kind of skate around the parking lot. You just have like one of those trays where you lift off the, the cap and like present them their hot dog on a platter. Yeah. Keep it warm in there. Yeah. Maybe a heated tray. And, and that's all about like, you know, that's being innovative, right? And you're going to have to try new things. And that's all, you know, that, that stems right from your research and development department, right? You need R&D. You got to try new things. Be innovative. Um, now, how do you get from there? See, that's a very hands-on <laughs> yeah. um, hot dog um, business. Uh, see, that's for very hands-on, and you know, you need to sure, hire your muscly gym bros. Yeah, yeah, it's great. You, know, you got a really successful business, but it's only as good as you. And when you stop working and you get sick, um, or you roll your ankle while you're roller skating, like who who? How does your business continue to run? So yeah, you're going to need to, eventually what you're going to need to do to scale any business is you need to delegate. And when you delegate, two things are going to happen. Your your profits are going to go down and your quality is going to go down. That's the truth. And it's hard. It's really hard. Because you're like, if I hire someone for $40,000 a year to be my assistant, maybe I can still do all of the work, but my assistant can be the one who manages all the payroll, not the payroll, the, the, you know, the invoices for the hot dogs and the mustard and the inventory. ketchup and inventory and stuff like that. They can deal with all that stuff because I I'm falling behind on my bookkeeping because I'm out here, you know, slaving away, you know, rocking these roller skates all day, making money, making the skrill. But unfortunately I'm falling behind on all my administrative stuff. So I'm going to hire an administrative person for $40,000 a year and they're going to take care of it so I can continue to keep doing this stuff. But now my bottom line's being affected because now I have to pay someone a $40,000 salary. And you ask yourself, is it worth it? Some people try it out. They try it out and they're like, oh my gosh, like I, this isn't even worth it. I'm not making any money anymore. I need to hire an employee. And then they hire an employee, but the, you know, again, money's going down because you're paying people now. And also your quality's going down because no one will ever do it as good as you. Liam, no one will ever do it as good as you. Liam can sell those hot dogs. Like no other. Like no other. But this new pipsqueak who he hired has got no chest game whatsoever. And he's not converting. 
And this is where a lot of people struggle when they want to scale is they want to outsource it. They want to hire a team. They want to build a renovation team. They want to hire new roller skaters. Um, um, but when you take a step back and you try and, you know, build that trust up, you're like, okay, well, I, I, here's, here's the system. Here's the manual, you know, here's my, here's my how-to guide. You took all your training on how to sling wieners. Um, but they're not following it because you're only paying them 15 bucks an hour. It's a fucking job. They, they can make the same amount of money, you know, working inside at a, at a radio shack. You know what I mean? Why, or a, a staples. Why the hell do they, they got to wear this stupid outfit and roller skate around in a Canadian tire parking lot. It makes no fucking sense. They're not taking it as seriously as you because it's not their business. And that's the exact same thing for your rent-to-own business, for your um, for your fix-and-flip business, for your wholesaling business. Fuck, can you imagine being like an amazing wholesaling expert? Just having the gift of being able to get people to say yes. Having the gift of being able to get all the information that you need when someone calls from your website. And then you outsource it to someone for 15 to 20 bucks an hour. And they're like, hello, uh, so... Can you please tell me a little bit um, about your house? Okay. Uh, why Why do you want to sell? It's almost like they're reading the fucking script. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to figure out, like, why are my leads down? Like, what's going on? And then you go and you, you sit next to them and you find out that they're not taking it seriously. Or maybe they're not even answering the phone, you know? Yeah. Scaling, there's huge issues with scaling. And and I'm saying all these things because I'm trying to prepare you for the inevitable. And that's most people are like, okay, I'm doing really good. I've got a great business. I need to scale. I need to get myself out of this business. But for some reason, they can't seem to figure out why it's not working. Well, you just got to understand your quality is going to go down. That's the truth. You can. There's only so much you can do. And when you pass it off to other people, they will not take it as seriously as you. But as long as you're... As long as the the scaling, as long as you're making more business, the fact that the quality is going down will be offset by the fact that you're creating more business. As long as you're bringing in more revenue, the the fact that you're losing a little bit on each individual sale or transaction will be offset, right? Because you're making more in the in the end game. The quality thing is hard. The quality thing's hard, and it's there's nothing really much you can do about it. Um, you know, if you're doing one fix and flip and then you want to do five fix and flips, it's hard to keep on your crews as easy, like as easy as, as it was when you did one. Right. And it's, it's all built off trust and it's built off making sure that, you know, the people that are involved stay happy. Yeah. Some sort of an incentive program, bonuses, um, some way for them to be incentivized or to be motivated to take it as seriously as you do. Unless people just absolutely love their job and love the product they put out, but those people are typically really expensive. You're trying to find a cheap employee. You're trying to find a cheap team to keep costs down, and you're expecting them to treat it as good as you do. It's just not going to happen. When can I look at this from a different perspective? Because, um, you know, like you're talking about the, you know, like growing employees and hiring people and all that sort of thing. But I think that if we take a step back and um, look at it under a different lens, because when I read this question, where I would have started is that, um, like for me, I would say to always, as we always preach, start with the end in mind. What do you, who do you want to eventually be in your business? And, and how am I going to work my way up to that? And when I think of back to like the very start of creating the business, I think like what systems can you put in place that will make it easier to hand off to somebody eventually? Yeah. So things like starting with QuickBooks right off the bat so that you can learn that system. It makes it easy as you grow because you're not like trying to change from, you know, spreadsheets to this automated system and like blah, blah, blah. And so eventually when you're beyond the capacity to even keep up on QuickBooks, it's an easy thing to hand over to a bookkeeper Mm -hmm. because everything's already in there. It's just literally you give them the login and away they go. 
Uh, what other kind of systems can you put in place like that to make it eventual? Like, so when when you start with the end in mind and know who you want to be in that business, and you're definitely not bookkeeping that business, you know for sure that that's not going to be one of your tasks, then how can you start today making that easier to pass off? If you know that eventually you don't want to be doing your social media, what, like, how will that be passed off? If yeah. you know eventually you don't want to be property managing, what systems can you put in place on on your rental properties to make that an easy transition? So I think really starting with the end in mind and making sure that you're not starting out with this kind of like disaster with like, um, like just as, as Wayne was talking, I kind of got lost like daydreaming about like, Liam, I have no clue how you're managing like the receipts and stuff for your projects right now. Like, unless you're like a wizard, that must just be a disaster <laughs> with how many projects you have I on have the a go feeling. and I have that a you're doing all the work and like that you're in there every day. Like, where are you finding the time to to sort through those um, receipts and like and have it all organized and stuff? I'm sure you're I'm sure you're figuring it out. You're being way too nice. I'm sure it's a fucking disaster. <laughs> There's no way in hell. Any, anyways, that like right so, my point is is that <laughs> if you if you took a couple of days off, I, and I, I have no clue. Maybe you already have QuickBooks, and maybe you got it figured out. But if let's just let's just say uh, he says yes, you're dead on. I don't know if he's talking about you that it's a disaster. It's a, it's or... <laughs> a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I know how much fucking receipts you're dealing with in invoices. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, we've been there. Yeah. Um, and so if you were to take two or three days off and purchase QuickBooks and go through the tutorials and figure it out and get that system in place right now, not only is it going to make your life easier right now, but it's also going to start that system that mm. you can, you know, if you're already thinking about, I can't do all of this, like, holy shit, I am so busy. I'm yeah. doing these projects. I'm trying to be a bookkeeper. I'm trying to do all these things. If you're already thinking that, then you're already, you're, you've already missed the the mark on what a system that you should have put in place earlier yeah right so cool thing is we're we're doing a building uh building, yeah, your, building systems your systems <laughs> workshop on uh, was that the 25th uh, next weekend 25th so yeah. good news um this is this is really good stuff that we can add into it for sure yeah yeah so that's that's my two cents is that i i look at a different starting place instead of like, you know, thinking about what employees you're going to hire and how you're going to, you know, scale it. Start thinking about when you scale it, what do you need to have in place? Yeah. Uh, Liam had a follow-up question a little bit earlier, and I want to make sure I get to this before we end the show. Um, he said, what's your opinion on then bringing people into the deals that they have an interest in the deal? Um, the concept makes sense. If, if someone, if I hire someone, they're going to treat it like a job. If I bring someone in and give them a percentage of the profits, they're going to treat it like their own and they're going to be uh, motivated to actually, because they have a, an equitable interest in it. They're going to be motivated to actually put the work in and make sure it succeeds. And if they make money, we make money. Conceptually, it makes sense. Uh, the problem is, is that um, as you grow your business, you're going to have to rely on people a lot more. And one of the hardest things about business is um, having faith in people, <laughs> relying on people. You continue, continually let down. You just like it's a fucking constant letdown. And when you're building your business up by yourself, it's easy. It's great. You are 100% in control. You're the one fucking get your ass at about at three o'clock. You're the one that's going to the gym. You're the one listening to the podcast every morning. You're the one that's responsible. And it's 100% accountability for yourself start fucking delegating that stuff off and here's like i don't know i'd almost rather have an employee and fucking fire them if they do shit than have a partner which you can't fire mm. when they when they let you down it makes things so much more complicated and the conversations are so much more delicate because you have to continue to work with them or you start thinking about the legal repercussions You're like okay i call my lawyer how do i get them out of this so much more complicated i've tried to find ways throughout and I'm surprised no one's asked about uh, like free coaching mentorship and stuff like that too. Gap, how many people have we given, have we traded services for, for, for free coaching? 
Too many. Way too many in the past. Exact same thought process. Okay, cool. I'll do a trade with them. Um, they'll work for, for free and I will, um, or they'll work for a small wage and in exchange I will give them, you know, top-notch fucking free coaching. And two things happened. One, they didn't take it, they, it, they didn't, they were a letdown. And two, they never took the coaching seriously because they didn't pay for it. Yep. Literally. And, and some of those and people. they were all eager. <laughs> the, we like I'm talking about like if I were to like put top ten most like ambitious piss and vinegar investors that I've seen in the last ten years, they were all in the top. And 10. they all had the balls to reach out and ask for it. And I'm like, fuck yeah, you know I love this. I love someone who's willing to go out and ask for it to push for it. And I'm like, God, it's like these, yeah, this, this guy's going to be the this real deal. It's going to be the one, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna feel so great that like not only are we getting a really good deal on you know them doing work for us at the same time, you know I'm I I feel like amazing that I'm going to be able to be a part of this you know person and and their and their growth, and then they fucking and Wayne, how many of them are every, even in real estate? Anymore? They're all out of real estate now. <laughs> they're all fucking gone. Every single fucking one of them. Yeah. Every single fucking one of them. It's. Okay, that's there's there's two points we're making there, but I think it's best to hire people for exactly what it is that you're hiring them for. You know what I mean? And just keep it as simple as that. You are my flooring installer. Just install the fucking floors. If they don't, if they're not reliable, get rid of them. Find a new one. It's easier to 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 cut them out and you know and add a new one. I think it's I think it's it's easier that way. It's 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 the least complicated approach to it. Um, back to the original question of like growing and scaling, I think that you need to just understand that it will not be as good as what you can do on your own, and just be okay with that. I talk about the Serenity Prayer a lot. You want to know why I'm always constantly quoting the Serenity Prayer? Well, it's because of this. <laughs> it's because I, I I don't have any other choice. There's nothing I can do, right? I the Serenity Prayer was always in. Uh, it was it was uh, it's in my grandmother's uh, uh, main floor bathroom, and every time I go to the bathroom, I'd always see it there. And I don't know, it always stuck with me. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. I'm fucking full of wisdom. I know the difference. I know that like if I hire someone. They're not going to take it as seriously as me and the quality of the product is not going to be as good. But in order for me to scale, that's what I need to do. I change the things and I focus on the things that I can control, but I'm wise enough to know the difference that like if I can't control it, there's no sense in getting stressed out about it. And I ha and you have to make that choice. Do you want to continue to be the technician who runs your business every day, who is the one turning the wrench, who is the one slinging the wieners? Or... Do you want to own the franchise of hot dog carts? You need to make that decision. Just understand if you own the franchise, the quality of the business, people will start talking shit about your business. The, 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 the quality of the service and the quality of the wieners will go down. But you'll be the CEO. It really depends on who you want to become. Do you want to have the best darn hot dog cart in Southside Edmonton? Or do you want to, you know, have the biggest, largest franchise in Canada? That's up to you to determine. And you got to make that decision. But if you do decide to be the franchise, you know, the CEO, just understand that there are things that you cannot control and do not let them eat away at you. Do the best you can. Good spot? Good spot. Good spot. Okay, guys. Um, no show on Monday. Go have spend a some fabulous family family day. Yes, have a great. I mean, it's not family day in all the provinces, so those of you where it ain't family day, sorry. Are they going to work? Yeah. Oh shit. Okay. Well, there's lots of previous episodes you can listen to. There's probably one that you missed. Lots of recordings on Spotify and iTunes. While you're on iTunes, go and give me a us a, a subscription. Go and give us a subscription and a rate and a review and stuff. Um, and uh, head over to Eventbrite 
and uh, register for the upcoming um, networking events that we're holding in Edmonton mm-hmm. and Calgary. Um, this next month, we're going to be the topics. It's going to be finding, nope, financing your real estate deals. So we got Calvert, we got Keaton Kirkwood, uh, mortgage broker, and and uh, Calvert's a big scale uh, private lender for short term mortgages. Um, it can be a great opportunity to learn some stuff there. Great opportunity for networking. Looking forward to seeing you guys. And we will see you all on the podcast on Tuesday. Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investing Morning Show. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, thank you. Interested in being a guest on the show? Send us an email to info at reimorningshow.com. 